0: listeners to episode 27 of the empty rooms of gorsky manor we are bursting with excitement for tale 6 of the looking for the things in the corners of gorsky manor it's a celebration the first one held within the manor for centuries new energies now walk the halls new doings, calling old magics to come awake, refreshed and creating something crispy and juicy for a new era. There we were one minute speaking to Poe about our auras, and the next running gleefully through the hall. Chimes continued to ring loudly, throughout the manor, making us all shudder with anticipation. Soon bells and horns told what was to come. Ghostly howls and happy screams found us. Music of the night flowed on the currents of the manor, and long, silent voices sounded, singing, chanting, and laughing. All
1: Hallows' Eve, my dear, the party has begun,
0: Harry shouted as he held my hand firmly, pulling me quickly down the halls of the manor, headed for the party of all parties. All was lit by candles upon candles. Streamers of white and black flowed from the ceilings and rafters. Pumpkins and gourds hid in every corner, their flickering lights winking at us as we move quickly towards the beckoning ruckus. Huge bouquets of black funeral flowers were strategically placed here and there, full of ghostly creations and bows of velvet red and goblin green. Brooms and tombstones, cobwebs and fireflies shared their magic to enhance the heightened sparkle of spooky pleasure. Smells of unseen origins visibly floated on the air. Pumpkin pie, apples of red, ancient incense, beeswax candles, musty earth. Unique smells of ancient times. Spider webs with large black and orange spiders swayed in the corners. Black cats constantly crossed our path with bright eyes of gold and green. I could hear music begin somewhere in the distance. The manners seemed to sway in time with the ethereal beat. Where are we going? I asked as Harry pulled us down this hall and that.
1: Why, my dear, we need a costume. One does not go to the manor's All Hallows' Eve ball as oneself.
0: (laughs) He laughed heartily with glee. Oh, my, I thought, a costume party. I have only been to two such parties, once as a witch, once as a hobo. Oh, what shall I be?
1: The manor knows.
0: (laughs) Harry answered my thought. We began to pass what I suspect are the current inhabitants of the manor. Walking, laughing, floating, every door in the hallways and rooms began to open. As we passed, I could see into each room, decorated to the hilt, inhabitants slowly moving about in amazing costumes, seemingly sluggish from their long slumbers, not fully awake to these doings where did they all come from
1: the ball is a
0: time of
1: freedom
0: harry answered my thoughts once again are they all the inhabitants of the manor i asked as the rooms and halls begin to feel crowded with party goers these are
1: but not all have arrived
0: Harry said, starting to greet some of the guests.
1: Once the gate is opened, they shall come from far and near, and the yesteryears all are invited, those forgotten, they that are dead and buried,
0: those of bygone time, all are welcome. We turn down a hall that looked familiar to me, and then there we were in the grand entrance. It felt so strange yet welcoming to be here once again. The central table had been removed and the grand doors were open wide with an endless flow of guests entering the manor. Up to your room now, quickly! Your costume is there,
1: awaiting you!
0: Harry urged, giving me a gentle push up the stairs. (laughs) No time to waste!
1: All awaits! Our grand entrance! to
0: officially start the festivities. Go As I quickly mounted the stairs, I noticed the biggest bouquet I have ever seen at its top. Flowers and leaves of many shades of black. Things sparkled and twinkled alive within this flora. Spirals spiraled. Black birds hummed and tiny white ghosts floated between the blossoms. A ribbon on one side caught my eye with fanciful writing. It said, funeral accoutrements prepared by Pachanichek's funerary florist. What? I thought. That, That is my family's ancestral business. This is nothing more than amazing. Can my ancestors be here? I quickly looked around, hoping to catch a glimpse of those that I have never met. (coughs)
1: Mistress, (coughs) come!
0: Simon yelled from our room. I ran into our room, and there on the bed was my costume, and one for Feathers and Simon, too. Before I could see their costumes, they took them and moved to separate corners to try them on. I slowly peered at mine. What costume would the manor have selected for me? My heart began to beat, a slight fear of possible disappointment. But the manor knew what was meant for me to be. I lifted the most beautiful white sheet, looking to understand what it was. Yet it was like nothing I have ever felt. As I looked closer, oh, I understood. I am to be a ghost. I giggled with glee. I do so love them. I touched the material. With great affection. I removed my jacket and backpack that I always carry. I removed Harry's top hat from my head and gently lifted the already floating garment. It slipped so easily over my head, I felt transformed. Each movement I made caused the garment to flow as if on its own. Oh, such magic! I looked down and could no longer see any of me. No shoes, no hands. Touching my face, I felt I have transformed into a real ghost. This sheet did not have the usual two black holes for my eyes but adhere to my face as if it was part of me. I moved my hands to try and shift it, but it held firm. I had a moment of scare. I hope I can get this off. I will ask Harry as soon as I see him. I relaxed and walked to a mirror. In front of it, I stopped and sharply looked at the first sight of me. For my face was of white, my hair flowing white as if in a breeze, yet my eye sockets were black, and eyes fully black, too. It took me a few deep breaths and a few moments of time to feel comfortable. I moved to get Harry's top hat and placed it upon my head. Such a feeling! I felt I was walking, but floated. This gave me such pleasure, which soothed my concern about the costume. I looked to Feathers and Simon to see their garments, and could not help let out a loud laugh of shock. <gasps> oh, my! For each appeared in human form. Yet, feathers look like a human crow dressed as a black frog, and Simon looked like a human frog dressed as a white crow, if you can imagine that sight. <gasps> they both looked at each other with uncertainty.
1: Harry, Harry, is this supposed to be a joke? <sighs>
0: Simon croaked with disapproval, and Feathers agreed. Caw. Caw! That hairy!
1: Caw! Always the jokester, and the manner follows his lead. Caw! Caw!
0: I am so sorry. You, you both look... I, I couldn't think of the right word. Um, I'm, I'm adorable. They each gave me a look of disbelief yet shook their head in resignation.
1: Let's get to the party. I want to dance. Simon
0: called as he headed out the door. What will Harry be? I asked Feathers as we followed arm in arm, which felt so nice to do, an unfamiliar cozy companionship that I haven't had yet with her. I deeply enjoyed it. Caw,
1: caw, there he is, caw.
0: Feathers whispered with excitement. And there he was, Harry at the top of the stairs waiting for us. He extended his outstretched hands for us to join him and his costume was Richard Carlson, my most favorite actor in spooky B-movies of the 50s and 60s, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Ghost Breakers. Harry looked like he appeared in Hold That Ghost as the professor, eyes, spectacles, and all. I couldn't stop looking at him. He pushed the glasses upon his nose as Mr. Carlson did in the movie. What a perfect couple we make. Taking each of us by the arm, he kissed our cheeks, and together we looked over the manor entry below. All eyes were upon us. Cheers and whistles and voices called Harry in greeting. Welcome, my friends, he called as he waved to the guests below grandly. The time has come.
1: Up to the widow's walk. The gate is to be
0: opened. The guest cheered and shouted, merriment growing louder and wilder. We went to a spiral staircase to the left and circled up and up. At the top was a dark red door with a large iron knocker. Harry asked me,
1: Do you have the skeleton keys, my
0: dear?" They had been in my pocket since I received them at the gate, but being a ghost, I didn't know where my pocket was. I reached where I thought it should be. Oh, and yes, there they were, thankfully. I pulled them out and handed them to Harry. I watched as he located one key that was embellished with a sigil of red upon it. That key he used, and with little effort, the door unlocked and swung open with a large, luxurious creak.
1: Please keep them safe,
0: Harry said, returning me the keys. I was able to replace them back into my unseen pocket. I gave them a pat of comfort to be sure they were firmly in place and safe. And with that, we walked out under the evening sky. We stood on a widow's walk, the highest point of the manor. The full moon in the sky felt so close, I wanted to touch it and ask it its name. A billion stars filled the sky, and an eager wind tossed my ghostly garment gently. We walked to the front of the widow's walk, to a strong, heavy iron railing. Two gargoyles sat at each corner, turning to look at us with eyes shining green, mirroring the night's anticipation. Below us we could see hundreds of torches lining everything within the manor's grounds. The cobblestone road the gardens and secret garden where I could see Harry's hanging tree, endless twisting paths filled with guests walking upon them, the celebration sounds below echoed in waves up to find our ears. In the distance, the sea reflected the moon and stars beyond the manor's forests, and the cemetery twinkled with candlelight and glowing dancing spirits. I looked to the sisters' hill and was overjoyed to see their lights shining amber from each window of their cottage. Torches flickered on their hill, and I could see them there with their witchy guests dancing in a circle. I could see the manor gate, with two tall sentries standing, torches in hands looking up to us. A flock of blackbirds, crows, and ravens flew overhead, calling and singing their beautiful mystery songs. Harry lifted his hands, and the sentries snapped into attention. All went quiet. And with one swoop he dropped his hands and with a gracious nod called out loud and strong, Let the ball begin! We watched as the sentries slowly pulled the great gates open. Immediately guests flowed in, in carriages, on horseback, walking and floating. Yet the sight was unnatural, as outside the gate barrier all was quiet and empty. But at the open gate, our guests could then be seen entering from nothingness, all to the magics of the manor. Harry grabbed me by the waist, pulling me into our first dance of the night. You invite me inside Categorically I know it's meant for me Come on Invite me inside We, we, we could be Automatically See my eyes for you Cast my spell on you there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do. Invite only me inside, only me inside, only me inside. Automatic. i think that we could be come on invite me automatically Incidentally I'm gonna make you see I'm just the right one for you Invite me Confidentially Between you and me Come on Invite me Inside There's nothing you can do inside. Inside. Only me inside. Only me inside. Only me inside. We finished our dance, arm in arm, catching our breath, enjoying the night air watching the procession of endless guests enter the grounds, slowly flowing to all the corners of the welcoming manor. Across the sky, a colony of bats soared over us, swirling in beautiful spirals like black fireworks, though Harry tensed and watched their movement intently. Then, in one moment, they dispersed and flew into the many chimneys of the manor.
1: Someone unwanted has found its way into the ball.
0: With shock, I said, Whom?
1: I am sure we will soon see,
0: he said pensively, yet shaking off his concern. Come,
1: come, my dear, (laughs) to the grand
0: ballroom. And off to the grand ballroom we ran, hand in hand, feathers and Simon at our heels. I just wanted to dance the night away, but felt the heaviness of Harry's concern in my heart, an uninvited guest. Just as we were about to return through the red door, a flurry of great wings from above hit us from behind. We turned to watch a great white dragon land upon the roof of the manor. A lovely woman sat upon the dragon's back. She, too, had wings, her dress half black half-white, two ravens, one black, one white, sat upon her shoulders. Harry waved a happy welcome to her, which she acknowledged with a graceful nod. She
1: is Linda Leah, a powerful angelic sorceress.
0: Very comforting to know she is here. I could see a large, long necklace of glowing energy disks around her neck. Much power she holds. To the ballroom we ran, or should I say flew, through the grand doors we entered. Cobwebs of gold and silver hung everywhere. Round and round the guests danced under the glow of candles of green flames. There in the middle of the wooden floor grew the most beautiful of all trees. Twisting branches reached to the ceiling and walls, trunk of woven woods with a plethora of knot holes and burls. Heavy roots curled up, then back into the floor. Leaves of every autumn color swayed to the music, reflecting, stirring the sense of autumn to delight our noses. Flickering lights caught my eyes that danced with and on the many inhabitants, catching golden buttons and silver threads, all bedazzled and enchanted in their most glittery, magical garments. The air was intoxicating, the night simply divine. We ran to the swirling circle on the floor, and with a flourish, Harry swept me into another dance, the song transporting us to a most magical place. As the night comes to the church Shadows slowly fall Listener, please join us for part two of the All Hallows' Eve Ball, Blessings and Hugs. And his costume was Richard Carlson, my favorite. <laughs> I couldn't hold it back.